Hello and welcome to the Wonders of Wellbeing podcast with Amy. I'm a mentor. I'm not someone who's saying this is how it has to be done. You have to do this in your classroom. I'm saying okay, let's get curious here. Let's look at some other ways as we, you know, to do things. If this is truly your approach and this is the impact you want to have in education and the mark that you want to leave on the kids that you're actually supporting, then how can we show up in alignment with that and facilitate that through our practice? Because I think a lot of new teachers start out thinking that they will have this huge impact. And then, like you said, they get a little bit pigeonholed into the school they're in. This evening, I have the pleasure of chatting with Emma Gentle, the founder of The Grad Guide. Emma's worked in education for 11 years and supported neurodivergent children while studying a Bachelor of Education in the primary years. She spent seven years as a primary classroom teacher in both upper and lower classrooms. Before having her daughter last year, she undertook a relieving assistant principal role, specialising in mentoring new teachers, learning support and implementing school-wide wellbeing practices. Em is on a mission to help create a new generation of emotionally intelligent teachers who want to change schools from the inside out. She believes that a child's social and emotional well-being is the highest priority and as such supports and mentors graduate teachers, helping them to foster a classroom culture that promotes well-being and cultivates connection and understanding above anything else. Welcome to the podcast, Em, and thank you so much for jumping on for a chat. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I was just saying before we pressed record that I haven't had an episode for new grad teachers. So when I stumbled across Em and saw the incredible work she's doing, I was just like, this is my girl. And I just can't wait to, you know, for you to share all the incredible things that you're doing to support new grad teachers in a teaching world that is is pretty complicated. So (laughs) I guess a good starting point is why did you start the grad guide? Like, yeah, why did you start it and what is it? Well, there was a myriad of reasons, actually. Whilst I was on maternity leave, uh, I had my daughter 18 months ago. I actually did a digital marketing course because I was bored. (laughs) So that says a lot about my brain. And I think I went to my partner with about 20 different business ideas. And I just knew that I wanted to get back into work. I'd done some CRT and love teaching. Like I can't imagine really doing anything else other than being in the space of education. And yeah, after I did the digital marketing course, I thought, well, I'm never going to use that again. I had some (laughs) other random business idea. Anyway, I um, just started connecting again with my grads that I'd previously mentored in my AP role and I was missing them and I was missing school so much. And I was like, I just feel like I have to do something with new teachers. I just miss you guys so much. And yeah, I actually connected to with my current mentor, Lael Stone. If you haven't stalked her on Insta, go and check her out because she Mm -hmm. is amazing. And we started unpacking a lot around yeah, connection and childhood. And she actually has built her own school called Woodline Primary. And I was like, oh my God, I have to check out this school. And so this school is built on emotional safety, pretty much. There is no behaviorist approach seen there. And so when I went and visited, I just thought, oh my God, this is what school should be like. Like, how can we bring this more into mainstream? And yeah, I thought, well, I love mentoring grads and we know that there's a huge gap between finishing uni and entering the workforce. And most new teachers that I talk to and even experienced teachers tell me that they never 
felt prepared going into a teaching role. And I thought, oh my gosh, we need to start changing this for new teachers. And I also think that education needs a huge shift. So I've sort of amalgamated the two. So my teaching philosophy is heavily grounded in a non-punitive approach, which is trauma-informed and a huge sort of emphasis on emotional intelligence. And yeah, it's not the done thing, I suppose, in a lot of classrooms. And so I want to help new teachers embrace that. Amazing. How inspiring is that? I love hearing what journey people have been on to create businesses that they're extremely passionate about because, you know, as you've just shared, there's usually a reason or there's some innate passion that they've got that, you know, maybe you weren't sure what you wanted to do, but you knew it was going to be in education and you've Mm -hmm. sort of stumbled into, well, hang on a minute, this is the missing piece and what a great little filler to be. And if you haven't been on M's Instagram, it's incredible. So I'm really keen to obviously hear more, but there's just so much content on there. And I just thought if I was a new grad teacher, this would be a perfect platform for me to just get a whole bunch of ideas and a tremendous amount of support and a little community that I think is important outside of the, the school community that you're into. Like I love that it's just anyone can join it so that they've obviously got their school community where they're at school working, they might have the community of the people that grad- they graduated with, but then they've also got this other outlet where they can sort of be vulnerable and perhaps a little bit more honest in an environment that's, you know, they're not going to feel maybe as judged or as, you know, whatever it might mm-hmm. be if it's a little bit closer to to where they're working. So I guess that might lead us into your grad guide mentorship. Would you mind talking to us about that? Of course. So the Grad Guide Mentorship is an online membership supporting new teachers of becoming calm, connected and compassionate teachers. So it's a one-stop shop really for personal and professional development because that was another thing I found was missing is that personal element. So focusing on teacher well-being, teacher mindset. Last week, our mentoring session was around limiting beliefs and a lot of the teachers had no idea even what that was. So through a lot of my own work in healing my own childhood trauma and sort of unpacking my own limiting beliefs and even just working on reflection because we know reflective practice is a huge part of teaching. Yeah, and I really wanted to provide that space for not only professional development but also personal development. So the professional development side of things too, we obviously cover, we've just been through how to set up your classroom for the school year, how to set up your routines and expectations. We've got lesson planning, classroom management, pretty much anything you can think of mm-hmm. around um, what you need as a teacher, teacher practice, all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, the sort of missing pieces, I guess, too, that you might not find in teacher support is around emotional intelligence, really how to adopt a non-punitive approach and guide and support students rather than following that behaviourist approach, which we still see happening. And I think it's super important that we, yeah, really understand children. And and I think that that's another reason why I wanted to start the mentorship is because for me, connection and relationships underpin everything. And that's always been my strength as a teacher. And I remember having a chat with one of my friends who's an experienced teacher and sort of saying to them, surely you can teach teachers how to build good relationships. And she was like, no, it's just a thing. You've either got it or you don't. And I sort of didn't believe in that. I I think there's so many things that you can do to strengthen that skill. And I suppose that's what I'm helping new teachers do. Yeah, incredible. Because I mean, Mm. emotional intelligence, I've recorded a few episodes on it and 
you know, it does all stem from, yes, there's some people do have a natural ability to connect with people and some people are naturally quite emotionally intelligent, but it doesn't mean that they can't learn skills or up yeah. themselves to be more. So I sort of, well, I, you know, right. I do, yeah, I do understand why people might think it's more natural for some people. And there are definitely teachers out there that do naturally connect really well with their students, with the other staff, with the parents, and mm. some that find it a little bit more challenging. But yeah, mm. I wouldn't say that it's not something that they can learn. And I would say that new, starting with new grads is the perfect place. Again, without adding too much to their plate, you know, like there is so <laughs> much to do as a new grad, but, you know, if that can be something, you know, as you said, as part of their philosophy from the beginning, exactly. that they're exposed to, and even if it's not something that they can apply straight away because they're so overwhelmed, but it's something that they know they want to, then it will, mm. it will drip feed into their practice for sure. Em, you're working obviously with, with lots of new grad teachers. What would you say are the the common stresses of 2023 new grad teachers? Oh my gosh, there's so many. And I think that is that one of the things that sort of sets new teachers up to fail is thinking that you have to go into a classroom and control the kids. You have to have a perfect classroom where it's not noisy and the kids are all sitting in their seats and, you know, engaged in every task. And that is just not reality. And I think that's why... We've had a bit of a bum steer over the years in aligning ourselves with the behaviourist approach because we now know after lots of research that we can't, can, well, we can, we can control kids, but it's not effective. So, you know, implementing rewards and consequences in the classroom isn't the best way to go about it. So, yeah, a lot of the worries have been around like, how do I actually support these kids? And so rather than thinking about, well, what is my reward system or what do I do? Do I keep them in to finish their work? We look at it from, well, what's going on for those children underneath the surface? So what are they presenting with? What challenging behaviours are coming up? And let's sort of deep dive into what's going on underneath. And that's why I think having a regulation program in your in your classroom and a calm corner and things like that is really important. Choice and autonomy is super important. I had an email today from a grad saying, oh my God, I can't believe how much easier it is to manage my classroom now that I'm asking the children what they want and what they need. And I was like, yeah, it takes out all the stress. So -hmm. that is a huge worry that comes up is like, how am I meant to support everyone and meet all their needs and... Yeah, I think that when you look at it from that point of view, rather than how am I going to keep them all in their seats and engaged in every task, that helps solve that problem. Some other problems that are coming up are just like, am I doing it right? One teacher said to do this and my leader said to do this. And that's another great reason why the grad guide's great because it's not part of your school and myself and even experts that come in to do masterclasses, you know, are there to answer your questions. And if you want to do it a different way, different to what your mentor is currently doing, or maybe the advice that you've been given, then there's that outlet to sort of try new things. So just a lot of grads looking for reassurance really that they're on the right track. A lot of grads have just been chucked in the deep end, which this has sort of been quite eye-opening for me because I have worked in about in four different schools across New South Wales and Victoria. But a lot of the grads are being sort of chucked in with no scope and sequences, no overviews, just sort of like, here you go, way you go. (laughs) Wow. So that's, yeah, that's been an eye-opener. Yeah, and I just think lacking that confidence, like as if you're going to feel confident when you're chucked in a classroom with no direction 
yeah, no wonder teachers leave. The retention rate is huge. So I just, I can't believe there's not more being done for new teachers, to be honest. It's Mm. pretty surreal. I mean, I think back to, gosh, I think my first few years were a total blur and you were constantly Mm. doubting yourself, but I guess Mm. also very, and of course, naturally very guided by those around you in the school. So whether that be a mentor that you had within the school, whether that be your team, whether it be Mm. a a colleague that you become friends with, that's sort of how you, I guess, you rely on them as you go. But I guess they obviously have their own views, but depending who it is or what system you're in, they can be very aligned to what the school values are, of course. And that often leads new grads down a certain path to have their practice a certain way because of the PD that's obviously coming into the school, the procedures and the systems and the policies and everything that the school have, you know, around behaviour and around expectations and around rewards and all that kind of stuff. So I guess that must be challenging for the new grads who might be working with you but are also sort of follow, trying to follow policies in their school that maybe they don't, you know, align with what they they feel or they can't make it work in that setting. Must yes. be a bit tricky for them too. Yeah, that's something that we're having regular discussions about because that's the thing. If we want things to change, we have to do it ourselves. Like we know that the latest research takes 15 to 20 years to actually get into classrooms. And a lot of teachers that I'm working with too, mature age grads who maybe have their own family or they've had a bit of life experience and they really see the benefit, I suppose, in my approach and they want to change the way that teachers are showing up, I suppose. And so you know, if your school does have a reward system, it's about how to sort of make the tweaks to make it work and to change things. So, and that is the other thing is I'm a mentor. I'm not someone who's saying this is how it has to be done. You have to do this in your classroom. I'm saying, okay, let's get curious here. Let's look at some other ways as we, you know, to do things. If this is truly your approach and this is the impact you want to have in education and the mark that you want to leave on the kids that you're actually supporting, then how can we show up in alignment with that and facilitate that through our practice? Because I think a lot of new teachers start out thinking that they will have this huge impact. And then, like you said, they get a little bit pigeonholed into the school they're in. So, That's another reason why I wanted to start something like this so that teachers can have a choice as how they show up in their classroom. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome, Em. What would be your top mindset tips for new grad teachers? That you never stop learning. The amount that I've learned in the last two years is honestly mind-blowing and it's sort of frustrating too because if I had had that knowledge when I started, I would be a completely different teacher and a completely different person and that's the thing with my approach it doesn't just change the way you teach it changes the way that you show up as a person Mm. because Mm. we work so much on personal development and emotional intelligence and connection and that impacts you as a person and your whole life and relationships not just your teaching yeah so yeah. yeah huge mindset hack I suppose is that you can never stop learning so I but I'm the sort of person that goes into a situation asking all the questions and saying, give me feedback, tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I'm doing wrong. But that's because of years of personal development, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think putting a lot of energy into that is super important because teaching, again, is a skill. When we link our self-worth with our skills as a teacher, 
then we can get into the mindset of I'm just a terrible teacher, I'm not cut out to do this, rather than looking at it from, okay, a skill perspective, just the way that we would treat learning with the kids. You're not terrible, you just have a skill that you need to develop. It's the same as teaching. We just have skills that we need to develop. So, Yeah, for sure. Amazing. And what, I mean, again, I'm not sure if this is coming up in your mentorships or something that you've looked into or it's just your opinion, totally up to you, but what do you feel teaching degrees or training, you know, teacher trainings are missing? (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I better not bash them too much. Look, I had three years of experience as a teacher's aide, right? And so someone asked me the other day, oh my God, can you remember that first week teaching how you know, overwhelming it was. And I was like, well, luckily for me, I'd spent so much time in the classroom. I sort of felt like I found my feet quite quickly. And I truly believe that teaching was something I was meant to do. And so it is hard for me to relate. But also I think if I hadn't have had that experience, oh my gosh, I probably would have cried every day of the first week because it is just so hectic and I remember even starting as a teacher's aide thinking how do I even speak to kids like what language Mm -hmm. do I use or how do I connect with them so that's a whole nother skill that you need to learn so firstly I think there should be a lot more placement or even a requirement of working in a school in some sense Mm -hmm. would be the first thing that I would change but also so I don't know if you've read any of Louise Porter's work She has an approach called the guidance approach. So I highly recommend looking into Louise's work. And honestly, if we could learn how to teach via that approach rather than the behaviourist approach, then that would be a really great start. I also think that we need more help around emotional intelligence and actually learning how to stay calm as educators and regulating ourselves because we can't support children's behaviour in a non-punitive way if we are not calm, first and foremost. So teaching teachers about co-regulation, self-regulation, and goodness, if we could have Mona Delahook or someone like that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> putting her work into our university courses, that would be amazing. So learning about the brain-body connection, trauma-informed approach, all of those sort of things because they're the approaches we need to adopt if we are to truly have an inclusive classroom in 2023, not just tick a box, inclusive classroom. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, I do remember and even at the time I remember thinking I did a four-year degree and I remember I didn't just start do my prac until the third year and there was no prac in the first year, there was no prac in the second year. There was a little prac like at the end of the third year and then quite a bit in the fourth year. And even at the time, I remember thinking, this is really late. You know, this is really late in the season. Yeah, this was a long time ago. And I remember thinking, this is a bit weird. And again, not dissimilar to you, I was already working in a school. I was actually in the before and after school care, so different capacity, but still within the school. school. Mm. But I still remember going in in the end of that third year and I I just remember the first time I walked in and I was like, I couldn't think of anything I had learned in the last two and a half years, right? (laughs) Because there's nothing that I had learned in the last two and a half years in those lecture halls and in those tutorials that was going to get me through that day. Absolutely nothing. And it was just Mm -hmm. shadowing and following the teacher that I had. And I remember even then just thinking, why did I pick this degree when my (laughs) experience is, is in that third year? And it doesn't look like much has changed. And that is a bit scary because like anything, you learn on the job, not just a teacher, you know, any profession. Exactly. That you're in, it's not until you're in it 
that you're going to learn the most. And I understand the theory and stuff is really important too, and it's part of getting a degree. But mm. my goodness, I think lots of things could change there. And this is awesome. I guess just one more thing to sort of finish this off. I've heard a few things come through in our chat already, so it may be something that you've already shared. But if you could go back and tell yourself something as a new grad teacher, what would it be? Oh, I've got about 600 things that I would probably tell my <laughs> Go for it. At least however many. It doesn't have to be just one. But like, I guess if there's someone that's listening that hasn't heard of you, that's loving obviously everything that they're hearing and what would be a few things then that you would like to tell yourself if you could go back? I think to have the confidence to know that everything's going to work out. If you truly want to be a teacher and you want to make an impact on children's lives, then that means you will do the work. You will commit to the personal and professional work in becoming an excellent teacher. And so it's going to work out. It doesn't mean you're not going to have really hard times where you cry or have meltdowns, but you're going to have amazing days where you just can't believe that that is your job. So it's just about riding the waves and trusting that it is going to work out. And I suppose having that positive outlook, knowing that it will work out if you want it to. And I think that all of our experiences lead to somewhere and we can learn something like when I connected with Lael, my mentor, I was working with a child who I had never experienced trauma on that level before and it was really challenging for me and I truly believe that that was a stepping stone in leading to me to where I am now because I'm so passionate in helping teachers support children who have had a lot of trauma and I know it's really difficult and I've been through it so yeah I think that really embracing the challenges and thinking about where you can sort of learn from them yeah, that's probably what I would tell myself. I think too that just don't give up because like I said before, if you want to get good at your craft, you will, but you have to put in the time and effort and look after yourself in the process. I was sort of lucky that I trained dressage horses. Well, I did before I had Raph. I don't have any time for that now. But so I had a really sort of involved life outside of teaching and so when I was ready to go home that was it I would leave and I was more than happy to leave at 4 30 every day because I was good with my time management I'd get things done I'd prioritize what really needed to be done and the rest can wait and so I'd go home and ride my horse and train my horse and then every weekend I'd have comps or clinics or so I found it quite easy to switch off from Mm -hmm. teaching so I'd recommend yeah, really looking after yourself personally outside of teaching so that you can be a better teacher because it all starts with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I love that. I love that feedback, Emma. I actually overheard a conversation in the staff room, good old conversations in the staff room the other day, and, <laughs> and someone did say it was Monday and they did say that they wished that they could start a Monday feeling fresh. Mm. And it was just a conversation just about how they've started Monday and they're tired. And they didn't don't really feel like they did much over the weekend, but they're still just not hitting that refresh button and they've been working hard to try and press that reset button over the weekend. It was just mm. sort of an, a conversation that I sort of overheard. And I mean, that also stems to what you've just said. And it is, again, it is a whole nother skill to be able to switch off. It is a whole mm. nother skill to be able to sort of say, okay, I'm going to leave that at work, manage my time so that I feel like I'm accomplished and I don't just have this teacher guilt carrying me home. Mm be able to prior- think about something else that's totally different to what I do during the day and then be able to go back in the next morning and feel like I've had that break. Yeah. And for a lot of people, I mean, that takes their whole career to work that out. Yeah, totally. 
And I think no. it comes back to time management too. And really, I'm supporting a lot of my grads at the moment in just looking at what actually needs to be done and mm-hmm. what is just nice to have done, but you don't really need to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm like anti-laminating and mm-hmm. <laughs> setting up systems and processes that make your life easier, like your planning templates and things like that, making sure that they're pretty much just set up. You just have to put your actual lessons in because we yeah. know that lesson planning at uni and lesson planning in real life is very, very different. Mm. Yeah, and just I used to get my reading groups and all my mornings set up the night before and things like that. I'd get ready for Monday on Friday afternoon so I knew that I wouldn't come in after a huge weekend at a comp or something, come in Monday morning and go, oh my God, I've got nothing organised. And that doesn't say that some days were like that. That's just Mm. life and that's what happens. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just about... uh, And that's why I think really improving your craft and your teacher practice is where effective teaching really comes in like because you'll learn to teach on the fly in moments and know what students need but it all just comes in time yeah yeah for sure yeah and how can people connect with you online head over to the grad guide on instagram and we can pop the link in the show notes yeah the next launch for the grad guide mentorship is march 27th so keep your eye out for that I also have a form for new teachers to fill out to give their leadership team if they are wanting their schools to pay for their membership as well. And so my website will be done in the, over the next month. So that is just www.thegradguide.com.au. <gasps> That's exciting, Em. Awesome, <laughs> it is exciting. awesome. Yeah, amazing. And as I said, I mean, Em's got a whole bunch of resources on her Instagram and heaps of content that keeps popping up. So people will definitely learn a lot just through that as well. But Em, thank you so much for jumping on for a chat. As I said at the beginning, I was busting to chat to someone about new grad teachers. And as we said before we pressed record, we could talk for hours about this and we're just trying to, you know, condense it all so that we're not in people's ears for days and days. But there would be so much that we could unpack even just from what we've shared in the last, you know, 30 or so minutes. But I really appreciate you jumping on for a chat. And on behalf of all those educators out there, um, a huge thanks for everything that you are doing, not just to support new grad teachers, but there are teachers out there that have been teachers for a long time who need mentors, who need coaches, who need support. So no doubt um, they're learning a lot just from following you as well. So thank you for everything that you have done and that you continue to do to create a better future for our lifelong learners. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Anne.